Amen. All right, tonight we're going to be going through the book of Lamentations. So this is going to be the new book that we're studying. I'm excited about it. Now, things about the book of Lamentations, just to begin, just to give you my, my own thoughts on the, you know, this choice, is, is this is what I would say. Number one, I'd say that this is a very much overlooked book. This book is overlooked you know, quite a bit by people. It's not referenced when people will preach sermons. You know, I probably lack in, you know, also turning to the book of Lamentations, not enough. Um, it, so verses aren't cited from the book of Lamentations very often. I would say by, you know, based upon popular opinion, that is, that this is considered an obscure book. And I'll tell you one of the main reasons why I think in large that this book is ignored is because it is a very negative book. It is an extremely negative book from beginning to end. It is more so negative than any other book or any other passage in the Bible. Now, because of that, I don't believe that it's a coincidence that people ignore this book. I think that it's oftentimes ignored because of its negativity. And we as humans, we try to stay away from things that are negative. We like to be positive. People like to hear positive things. This is a this is something that is in, in you know innate or you know uh, uh, this is just how humans are. It's built into us. You know we try to we cling to things that are positive and we turn away from things that are negative. When you know people choose out of church, the majority, even saved but, uh, believers, they try to find a church that preaches to them positive things. They try to find somewhere to go where they're going to hear and feel positive, right? They don't sit down and choose out you know books that are going to make them feel negative. Oftentimes, but you know what? The negative is just as important as the positive. When Jesus Christ preached, he preached on things that would be considered negative much more than he did on things that are positive. A lot of times the, the messages that you need to hear the most are negative. A lot of times why you don't like hearing negative things is because it's things that you need to fix in your life and it's correction. And that brings us to the theme or the title also. Uh, this is going to be one and the same. So, what is the theme? Well, the theme is the title. I think that's a perfect you know, uh, uh, way to summarize the theme of the book in one word. Lamentations. Lamentations, right? Now, what does you know, the, the word lamentations mean? I want to define it from the Bible quickly because that's important. Also, let me make this statement before we do that. The, the word uh, or the title lamentations, it was not given by the author of the book. This is again, you know, uh, the translators, and over time, you know, uh, uh, you know, people will will peg a title on a book, and you know, it will stick. So this is not, this is not inspired. This is not inspired scripture, but I think that it is a perfect summary of the book of what we refer to as Lamentations. Now, look with me here at Lamentations chapter number two, verse number eight. We actually find uh, the word Lamentations in a form, uh, uh, in one of its form in the book of uh, Lamentations. Look at chapter number two, look at verse number eight. The Bible says, The Lord hath purposed to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. He hath stretched out a line. He hath not withdrawn his hand from destroying. Then he says this, Therefore he made the rampart and the wall to lament. They languish together. So I want you to notice there towards the end, he said, Therefore he hath made the rampart, it's like a bulwark, and then it says, and the wall to lament. So both of them, right? The rampart and the wall to lament. And then he repeats it. They languished together. So right there we can see a synonym for the word lament. It means to languish. Now let's get a, a further, a better synonym that people would probably be more 
familiar with. So there we see that to lament means to languish. I want you to go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Obviously, uh, slide the bulletin that you received during announcements into your Bible there and go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 3. We're going to use the Bible to define uh, the word lament or lamentations for us. We're not, you know, just focusing on the fact that it is the title, but the reason why it's the title is because it's the theme. And I think this is good to know. You can know what the title is when someone says, hey, that's the book of Lamentations. Well, what, do we mean, what do we mean by that? It is a Bible word, and it's a way you know, that we're speaking as of the oracles of God to describe what is going on in this book. We see it being used in the book. And then we also see multiple other synonyms of the word lament or lamentations that are used in the book of Lamentations. Look at Isaiah chapter number 3, look at verse number 6. It says this, When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing. This is not the right verse. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 17. That is not the correct verse. Sorry about that. Oh, it's, it's 26. You can still go to Matthew chapter number 11, verse number uh, um, 17. Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 17. I'll read to you from Isaiah 3, 26. And her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground. So notice there that it says, And her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground. The ground. So, what is another synonym of the word lament or lamentations, right? It is to mourn. And what does it mean to mourn? Of course, this is a word that we are familiar with. And you can look up all these synonyms and these words that are, are equivalent or used interchangeable with a word until you find one that you're familiar with. Now you've basically learned you know, three words. You're familiar with three words here that are, that are interchangeable or synonyms, right? We have languish, we have lament, and we have mourn. Um, Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 17 you should be in Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 17. Um, that's the verse where he says, you know, we have piped unto you, but ye have not danced. Ye have, we have, um, let me turn there myself, I'm trying to quote it from, from my mind. We have mourned, but ye have not lamented, something along, the, along those lines. 11, 17, uh, saying, we have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. I almost got that exactly right. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. So notice once more the word mourned, or mourn, is used interchangeable with the word lament. So what does it mean to lament? What does it mean when the, when the book of Lamentations is referred to as Lamentations? Why do we refer to that? Because it is a book of mourning. The book of Lamentations is just that. It's a book of Lamentations. He is lamenting or he is mourning. It is a book of mourning. It is a book of sadness. It's a book of a lot of negativity. It's a book of just crying out and, and sadness and mourning and lamentations. I want you to go back to the book of Lamentations. And I want to answer the question for you. You know, why is the author lamenting? Why is the author lamenting? Now, if you look at it, I'm going to give you three reasons. There's many more. But I'm going to give you three major reasons. And these are themes uh, over and over again throughout the book of Lamentations. These are brought up. You know, why is the author lamenting? And he's going to tell you over and over again. Look at uh, chapter number 4, verse number 1. Look at Lamentations, chapter number 4, verse number 1. This is a major reason right here. It says, How has the gold become dim? 
How is the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary, that's the temple, are poured out in the top of every street. So notice that that the, the stones of the, the temple, it says the sanctuary there, but it's referring to the sanctuary of the temple. The stones that the temple was built with and assembled with, they're poured out into the street. What does that mean? They've been destroyed. The temple, this is the time in history when the temple was destroyed. This also gives us the time period that this took place in. The time period is when the temple was destroyed by uh, the nation of or the empire of Babylon. That's the time period of this book. That's when this book was actually pinned down. And that's, that is what it's discussing is the destruction of the temple there. What's another reason why the author is lamenting? What's going on? Look at chapter number 1, verse number 3. Lamentations chapter number 1, look at verse number 3. Judah is gone into captivity because of affliction and because of great servitude. She dwelleth among the heathen. She findeth no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. So here we can see that they've gone into captivity. They've become bondmen or they have went into servitude. Not only that... Those that obviously live there are in servitude. They're bondmen. They're, they, they are uh, given to tributary, it says. They're given to taxes. They're having to pay taxes. So they're, of course, this is considered a form of bondage. To a foreign country, they're paying taxes. Of course, you're not free in that type of situation. Um, but also it tells us here that many of the uh, Israelites were carried away into the heathen country. It tells you in verse number 3, it says, She dwelleth among the heathen. So obviously the heathen have come in among them, but also we know from other books in the Old Testament about the Babylonian captivity. That's what this particular you know, act is referred to as and what's taking place this time period and this uh, you know, incident. It's the Babylonian captivity. It's when they of Jerusalem and the Israelites were carried away into captivity into Babylon. And they that stayed in Israel at that time and in Judah, because it was the split of course, they that stayed in Judah and Jerusalem you know, they at that, at that point were, uh, uh, you know, they were subject to taxes, to tribute is what the Bible refers to that as. So that's another reason why, because they've gone into captivity, they're being oppressed. That actually, that language is used, they're being afflicted, they're being, you know, uh, uh, tortured and tormented uh, by the foreign country. Another reason, a major reason why the author is lamenting and why it's a book of lamentations is that the Lord has forsaken them. I want you to go to chapter 5, verse 20. And of course, this, is, this was the warning from God that if they were to be disobedient, if they were to forsake God's law, God was going to forsake them. He was going to, and this was the exact curse, send them away into foreign countries. They were going to be given into captivity or taken into captivity. They were going to be punished. He describes in great detail a lot of the punishments where, you know, they are going to, you know, uh, uh, so such horrible things as far as, you know, a mother will have to or will choose to, you know, eat her own daughter or their, her own child, which is obviously horrible and disgusting, but it just shows what great straits that they were in, you know, what types of situations that they were put in during this time. So the Lord has forsaken them. That's one of the reasons why the author uh, is lamenting and he keeps bringing this reason up. Look at chapter number 5, verse number 20. Wherefore dost thou, talking to God, wherefore dost thou forget us forever and for, forsake us so long time? Turn thou us... 
Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. But thou hast utterly rejected us. Thou art very wroth against us. So notice that the Lord has forsaken them. So why has all of this happened? Why is, you know, uh, why has, uh, uh, why is the author lamenting? Why is there great sadness? What is he mourning about? Well, the temple has been destroyed. The, the, the city itself has been desolate, has been made desolate and destroyed. And, you know, they just came in and just wrecked the whole city. Of course, this is, uh, you know, the nation of Babylon and, of course, the army of Babylon. And furthermore, they've been carried into captivity. They, many of their family members, those that are left in Jerusalem, their family members have been taken into captivity into Babylon. You know, uh, they came in, not only that, they slayed, they, they, they slew and killed many of the Israelites and those of Jerusalem with the sword. So this is another reason why we're going to see them mourning. But the most important reason is, of course, the Lord has forsaken them. The Lord has forsaken them. And this is a theme throughout the book of Lamentations, a reason why the author author is lamenting is because the Lord has forsaken them. Now, there's many other things that he brings up. You know, they're in a famine. You know, there are, there are sicknesses and diseases. I mean, there are just tons of punishments from God that are coming upon them. And that's for, that uh, is actually a segue into my next point of... <clears throat> Why did the Lord forsake them? Now, this is going to be answering two questions. Why did the Lord forsake them and why is all of this happening? And it's because of their sin. I want you to look at uh, chapter number 1, verse number 8. Look at Lamentations chapter number 1, verse number 8. So they're lamenting because of all these horrible atrocities, all these tragedies that are taking place. Foreign country just wrecks their whole, you know, their whole nation. This foreign army comes in, wrecks their whole nation, steals away their family, carries them away into captivity destroys their temple, their sicknesses, diseases, famines, people were killed. It's just, it's an absolute nightmare. It's, it's, it's misery. And why did this happen? It happened because the Lord forsook them. That's why the lamenting is going on. It's because the Lord has forsaken them. Why did the Lord forsake them? Because of their sin. Because of their disobedience to the Lord. Look at chapter number 1, verse number 8. Jerusalem hath grievously sinned. Grievous means sore or severely, very badly. Jerusalem hath grievously sinned, therefore she is removed. All that honored her despise her, because they have seen her nakedness. Yea, she sigheth and turneth backward. So why is he lamenting? Why are they being punished? Why are all these horrible things happening to them? It tells you, therefore she is removed. Why did all of it happen? Therefore she is removed. Because she has grievously sinned. That is the answer. It's because of Jerusalem's sin. I want you to look at chapter number 4, verse number 11. Lamentations chapter number 4, verse number 11. The Lord hath accomplished His fury. He hath poured out His fierce anger and hath kindled a fire in Zion and it hath devoured the foundations thereof. So I want you to notice that the Lord is angry. That everything that He's describing, this is because of God's fury. It is a result or the consequences of God's fury because their grievous sin. It tells you his fierce anger. So this is you know, strong language. Look at you know, verse number 13. For the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests that have shed the blood of the just in the midst of her. I want you to look at chapter number 5 now. So notice over and over again it's bringing up the sin and that's the reason why. Because, therefore, this is the, the purpose and the reason why the author is lamenting 
because there's horrible atrocities that are going on around him, and the reason is because of their sin. God is judging them because of their sin. Look at chapter number 5, verse number 16. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. What does woe mean? It's like a lamentation. It's like a curse that's coming upon you, but it talks about, you know, or, or it describes more so of someone crying or mourning. If someone is you know, in woe, that means that they are lamenting, they are, they are expressing sadness. And right here, why, it, why are they mourning? Why are they sad? It's because of their sin. Because they had sinned, that we have sinned. That's the reason why the whole book of Lamentations is being penned down. That's the reason why the author is so sad. That's the reason why the author is mourning. It's because of, of course, the, of course, the destruction around them. But why is the destruction there? Why did it take place in the first place? What is it the result of? It's the judgment of God. It's God judging them. Now, what is the location? Go to chapter number 4, verse number 1. Chapter number 4, verse number 1, one more time. It says this, How has the gold become dim? How has the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top of every street. Where is the sanctuary? Where is the temple? Of course, that's the sanctuary of the temple. And it's built with the stones. And they were, of course, made of gold. We're given this description. Where is this taking place? It's in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mentioned many times throughout the book of Lamentations. It begins with speaking about Jerusalem in chapter number 1. And uh, it also speaks of Judah in verse number 3. So you can see Jerusalem and Judah mentioned a few times throughout the book of Lamentations. So the location, uh, of course, uh, in general, the vicinity is Judah. But specifically, he's referring to uh, Jerusalem. Now... What the, the book actually is, let's, let's do this first. Let's go over chapter, the chapter overview. So there's five chapters total in the book of Lamentations. There are five chapters, right? The first four chapters are the author looking around and describing the desolation. The first four chapters is the author from his perspective or, or his perception of what has taken place. It's him looking around and, and expressing to you or explaining to the reader how he feels and what he sees. It's very personal. The book of Lamentations is very, very personal. And he's writing, you know, he's writing from his heart, of course, inspired by the Holy Ghost. And God is using his emotions and his perspective to be pinned down on paper so that we can see how bad these atrocities really were. We can see how deeply horrible everything that took place at this time is. The book of Lamentations is very graphic in a lot of ways. The book of Lamentations is an extremely graphic book. And, and that falls into, again, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the umbrella of it being very negative. And that negativity oftentimes with the graphic you know, uh, explanations of how horrible everything that everything was that you know kind of repels people away from it that makes people kind of not want to read about it but these you know there's many reasons why it's important that we need to study this out and I'm going to get into that at the the end so that's the first four chapters the description of the destruction the atrocities all of the problems and, and trials that they're going through also we have chapter number five the very last chapter now chapter number five the writer, the author, really goes into you know, uh, uh, his prayer, if you will. He's speaking to the Lord in chapter number 5, much of chapter number 5. And he's praying to God 
And he's beseeching the Lord to show mercy upon him and upon his nation. Chapter number 5, he is beseeching and, and he is begging the Lord for mercy and that he would pardon their sin. And he, of course, acknowledges the sin. We read that verse there in chapter number 5, verse number 16. He acknowledges his sin before God and he begs the Lord and asks the Lord to show mercy to him and to his nation. So that is the chapter overview. Um, and as I said, the, I, I want to emphasize this because we're going to see this much uh, throughout the book of Lamentations. What it is, is it's very personal and it's meant to be the Lamentations of the author. So what does it mean, Lamentations? It's not just the sadness of the nation, nation as a whole. It's the Lamentations of the author. The book of Lamentations is very personal. From the author's perspective. It's meant to be from the author's perspective. And it's very personal. And it is, it is the lamentations of the author. And he is just mourning. And he's expressing his mourning. And he's expressing his lamentations to the reader. That's the purpose of the book. So that you can see from someone's actual you know, uh, eyewitness point of view how bad everything was. So it's the description of what he sees and how you know, bad the atrocities were. One of the things I want to point out, too, about the author's uh, perspective is that he is in amazement. I want you to notice this uh, theme, and I'm going to point out quite a few themes throughout the book of Lamentations. That, uh, some of them I, uh, I, I would assume you probably haven't noticed before because they're kind of subtle. Look at chapter number 1, verse number 1. It says this, How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? So notice he's saying, how is there no one here? How is it possible that this city sits solitary when it was full of people? It would be like going into Las Vegas, right? Which is just packed, filled with people. It's highly populated. And then just like a week later, you walk into the city and it's just totally empty. That's what solitary means. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it just be mind-blowing? It'd be hard to process in your mind. You're there and there are just, you know, the city is just packed with people. It's just overcrowded. And then you go back one week later and there's been, you know, uh, an, an army or something that's come in and just destroyed and flattened the whole place. You just look around. You know how you would feel? You'd feel an amazement. He's asking this question like, how is this possible? This is him asking a question out of amazement or he's wondering, you know. Uh, uh, you know, he's like how the Bible will say it's wonderful. Oftentimes, you, you know, you know, today we kind of uh, use that word in a different way. The Bible's times when it says something is wonderful or you wonder at something, you're in amazement. It's the same idea. That's what's going on. You're in amazement or you are in awe. That's another way to put it. You're in awe. Look at chapter number 2, verse number 1. How hath the Lord covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger and cast down from heaven unto the earth the beauty of Israel and remembered not his footstool in the day of his anger? Notice that. So he's asking this question, how, again? It's a rhetorical question. Another thing I want to point out to you is that verse number 1, chapter number 1, verse number 1 of the book of Lamentations, it ends with an exclamation point. There aren't a ton of, I mean, there are quite a few, but it's not as common as if someone sat down and wrote a letter to you today. There aren't a massive amount of exclamation points in your King James Bible. Chapter number 1, verse number 1 had an exclamation point, and he asked the question, how? Look at chapter number 2, verse number 1. Look at how it ends. Exclamation point. So he's asking this question. I want you to notice that he is expressing his amazement. How is this possible? That's what he's saying. How did this happen? How is the city solitary that was full of people? How has, you know, that which was, you know, God's footstool, how has he forsaken it? How has this come about to this city? That's basically what he's asking. Look at chapter number four, verse number one. 
This is a theme that I believe is often overlooked about the book, but uh, you know, it's, a, it's a pretty consistent theme. Notice again, how has the gold become dim? Notice, exclamation point. Watch again. How has the most fine gold changed? What is he saying? What is he trying to express with all these statements? How is this city that was lifted up on high, how is this city that was, you know, the apple of God's eye, I'm a poet and didn't even know it, brought low? How is this, this city that was magnificent and beautiful and wonderful and one of the most powerful cities on the planet, how has it been destroyed? How has it so quickly become this? And he's looking around in amazement. It would be like the United States of America, which is, you know, by far the biggest empire, and isn't it? It is an empire that's ever ruled this world. It would be like it just being laid desolate tomorrow. Just like, you know, you know, a country came in and like the communist China came in and just flattened the whole city. The whole it's not a city, Stephen Anderson. It's a country. But he just flattened the entire country. And then you just looked around. I mean, you would be in amazement. You would be in awe. Like, how is this even possible that so quickly this city, you know, this country, goodness sakes, I can't get that out of my mind. I'm thinking of Jerusalem being a city, right? Because he's talking about a city. But you would, you would be looking around in awe. Like, how is this possible? You know, this city that's lifted up on high, or this country that's lifted up on high, just been destroyed like this. How is this even possible? That's, notice that it's from the author's perspective. It's very, the, the, the book of, of Lamentations is extremely personal. It's extremely personal. He is expressing his emotions. What you're reading about are the lamentations of a man. That's what you're reading about. But God used him just like he used the Gospels, you know, the author of the Gospels, to show you that person's specific point of view and their perspective of what they saw and how things were. So this is going to be the very last point that I'm going to hit on. I'm going to give you a quick application um, and a conclusion. And the last point is this, authorship. Authorship. Now if you go to the beginning of the book, Lamentations chapter number 1, you're going to notice the Lamentations of Jeremiah. The Lamentations of Jeremiah. Now, we just went through the book of Hebrews. We finished that last week with chapter 13. And I am extremely sure that Paul is the author. Like, you couldn't convince me otherwise. You know, there, I'm just as sure as that as I am of you know, many other things that I'm solid on in the Bible. Paul was the author of the book of Hebrews. I am not so sure that Jeremiah is the author of Lamentations. Now, I've looked at this before. I looked at it again now that I'm going to be preaching on the book of Lamentations. This is just an opinion. I looked up actually where this came from. Remember, the Lamentations of Jeremiah is the title that was given just throughout history. At one point, it sticks. And, you know, this is just, they found many, uh, uh, you know, manuscripts of the book of Jeremiah, you know, in early, uh, uh, early centuries, you know, 5th, 6th, 7th centuries in different languages, and it had this title on it. The first person uh, that you look up that actually, uh, you know, uh, attributed or uh, ascribed Jeremiah as being the author is Origen of Alexandria. Now, that's not the reason why I don't believe that Jeremiah is the author. He could, of course, be right about, you know, uh, uh, you know, certain things, just like the Catholic Church can be right about some things, right? That doesn't mean that, that that's the reason why he's wrong. It is possible that Jeremiah is the author, but there, let me say this to begin with, and I'm going to end with this as well on the subject of authorship of Lamentations. I personally believe that there is insufficient evidence to pinpoint an author. And I'll tell you a couple of, one reason why maybe it is, um, uh, second, uh, uh, secondarily here, but first I want to show you the most popular reason why people think that Jeremiah is uh, uh, the, the author of Lamentations. Now, what is Jeremiah called? What is his title? Does anybody remember? 
I remember hearing this when I was a kid all the time. He was referred to as this. I would call Jeremiah this, Jessica, to give you a hint. Our Jeremiah, when he would act like a brat and he would cry. Does anybody remember? I say, see, he really is the weeping prophet. You've heard me say that, haven't you, Brother Rick? The weeping prophet, right, is what Jeremiah is called. Jeremiah is known as, Jeremiah the prophet in the Bible, that is, as the weeping prophet. And he weeps much in the book of Jeremiah. That is true. He does lament in the book of Jeremiah sometimes. But it's also because people believe that he authored the book of Lamentations. That's why he's referred to as the weeping prophet. There's not a ton of Jeremiah's weeping, but it is found in the book of Jeremiah. But here's the thing, there's other prophets that have weeped as well. So I don't believe that that is uh, in and of itself enough evidence to say, oh, well, it must be Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah did live during this time period. It is possible, you know, that uh, uh, that does make it possible. Not necessarily probable, but it makes it possible that Jeremiah was the author. I want you to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 35. I'm going to show you why people believe that uh, Jeremiah, and this is the passage they would turn you to as their proof text to, to show you that Jeremiah is the author of the book of Lamentations. And I'm going to show you that this is not good enough evidence. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter number 35, verse number 25. 35-25, and that's 2 Chronicles. 35-25, it says this, And Jeremiah lamented for Josiah. And all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah and their lamentations to this day, and made them an ordinance in Israel, and behold, they are written in the lamentations. Now, in verse number 25, in the very beginning, it says, And Jeremiah lamented for Josiah. So this is in one of the historical books that is just recording, you know, uh, uh, chronologically. It's why it's called the Chronicles. It's chronicling or uh, recording the history in chronological order of of Israel and Judah, the two kingdoms, right, that God dealt with and were God's people in the Old Testament. That statement there, though, is just talking about Jeremiah lamenting for Josiah. That's all that it says, right? Now, what does it mean to lament, mourn? There are a lot of examples of men lamenting and mourning in the Bible, okay? This is not a connection with the book of Lamentations, and I'll tell you, I'll show you why more specifically. Now, number one, this is not him lamenting about Babylon destroying Jerusalem. It's not him lamenting over Jerusalem. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar had not even come against the city yet. That actually takes place in the next chapter. That's when you start to see him come in and carry the vessels away. Okay. Uh, furthermore, in this verse, the one that is writing the lamentations, those lamentations are not authored by Jeremiah. I want you to look closely at that. And Jeremiah lamented for Josiah, this was the, the previous king, right? And all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah in their lamentation to this day. So this is just in addition to, in addition to Jeremiah lamenting for Josiah. And what does it mean to lament? It just means to be sad and to express your sadness, right? That's what it means. It means to mourn. You don't even have to be speaking, right? It just means to mourn. So that right there to me, uh, um, more so about Jeremiah, is just teaching that he is, it's indicating that he is just crying. He's mourning. He's just in mourning, right? For Josiah. Nothing to do with you know, Jerusalem. Nothing to do with Babylon's you know, uh, 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 captivity uh, carrying Jerusalem away. And it says, And all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah in their lamentations to this day. So, yes, the singing men and the singing women, they spake in lamentations, but that's not Jeremiah. Right? Now, maybe, they, maybe you could try to interpret this, which I have no reason to believe this, but you could try to interpret this that 
When they spake, they were writing down what Jeremiah said. Now that's a major stretch. And this is kind of how people try to stretch it. That when they spake, they were speaking in, uh, of lamentations of what Jeremiah said. Now that's not what it says. It doesn't indicate that. There's no reason to believe that. They're just lamenting. And they're speaking of the lamentations. It says to this day, and then it says this, furthermore, keep looking, and made them an ordinance in Israel. And then it says this, and behold, they are written in the lamentations. Now, it's what kind of lamentation? Well, obviously, Israel at that time had what they wrote down, lamentations of Israel. They had these different things that they would write down that were their lamentations, right? Okay? But who wrote them down? And, who, and, and, I, and I want you to look closely. Did they write down the words that Jeremiah spake of Josiah? That's not what they wrote down. They wrote down the words that they spake. Look again. And Jeremiah lamented for Josiah. And all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah in their lamentations to this day. And made them an ordinance in Israel. And behold, they are written in the lamentations. What is? When it says there, what is that referring back to? what the singing men and the singing women spake. So it's not specifically referring back to what Jeremiah said, but it just mentions that Jeremiah lamented for Josiah. Now, point one, this is not the, the lamentations of Jerusalem being carried away into Babylonian captivity. Point one. Point two, what is written down in the lamentations is the lamentations of the singing men and the singing women, which became an ordinance. That means that they would sing this. It became an ordinance. And then we see number three when it says written in the Lamentations. All we have is one book of Lamentations. Obviously, this is not referring to something that we have in the Bible because it was an inspired scripture. God preserved everything that was His Word that was meant to go into the canon of the Bible. There are a lot of other books that the Bible refers to that are not scripture, that are not inspired by you know, uh, the Holy Ghost. And that's what this is. It's that simple. There are, you know, the Bible talks about all these different Proverbs that Solomon spake, but we don't have as many Proverbs as are mentioned. You know, it's because those weren't inspired by God. The Bible talks about the writings of Gad, Nate, it was written in Nathan the prophet, the, all of these things that were written down. If it was inspired scripture, it's written elsewhere in what we have here because this is God's preserved word. So the lamentations that are being spoken of here are not lamentations that we have, therefore they're not scripture. They were Lamentations of Josiah. This has nothing to do with the book of Lamentations. Now let me say this. It's not that verse alone. That's the verse that they would turn you to if you said, give me scriptural proof. That's the verse they would turn you to. About Jeremiah lamenting for Josiah. That, that is a huge stretch. But let me say this. Number one, Jeremiah did live during the time period. Number two, Jeremiah was left behind. Jeremiah, if you, if you know Jeremiah and his story, Jeremiah was left in the city of Jerusalem. So he would have been there to witness all of this. Number three, he's a prophet of God. That makes sense. And number four, there, there is, and I'm going to point out some of this language. There is some language, you know, uh, um, the, as far as the same, very similar style. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to say the same, but it is similar style. He uses some of the same wording. There is, but my, my conclusion on the authorship of the book of Lamentations would be this. And I didn't speak much about it because this is the answer. There's insufficient evidence, in my opinion. Now, you may study it out and you may come to the conclusion that it's 100%, you know, uh, uh, for sure, uh, uh, Jeremiah. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something I'm overlooking. 
You know, but uh, I personally don't believe that you can pin down who the author of the book of Lamentations is. It's very, there's not a lot, of, there's no personal information that's given. You would have to, of course, go off the internal evidence of just how the writer writes, where he's located. Uh, but there's, there's other people that could have authored the book of Lamentations. There's, you know, possibly another prophet that we just don't know about that God had authored the book of Lamentations. That's possible. That's possible. What I read, most people say is, hey, this is tradition and... And uh, then they presented some of these points, which I believe to be very, a lot of them to be weak points. Uh, they're not, they, they don't pin down Jeremiah alone. There's other, it, it also leaves it open to other options. And then they basically conclude with this. And uh, I'm going to give you two practical points on this. They, they conclude with this. Well, we should just go with it because it's tradition. Almost every person that I read about of, of, why they thought that Jeremiah was the author, that was their conclusion. And that's what you say when you don't have a lot of scripture to back something up. Now maybe there is scripture in there, maybe it is Jeremiah, or maybe it's somebody else and you can still prove it. But you never just go with tradition just because it says it. You know, or, or that's what tradition I'm referring to, uh, says it. Just because tradition is something, you don't just go with that. We go with what the Word of God reveals to us, and we don't add things to scripture. We don't teach for doctrines you know, uh, the commandments of men. And that would be a commandment of men if it's not 100% in the Bible, then we don't teach it. And it's good that if we're not sure about something, it's alright to say I'm not sure. It's okay to say I'm not positive who the author of this is. There are a lot of things in the Bible that you're going to be unsure about. There are a lot of things in the Bible where God only gives you just a little bit because it's not necessarily meant for you to understand everything. Right? Like... Uh, uh, you know, the voices that uttered in the book of Revelation, God mentions that, but then he tells John, don't write it down. But he wants you to know that those voices were uttered. The reason why, I think, is because, number one, it tells you that, hey, you're not going to understand everything. You're not going to know everything. You can learn it later. And you know what that means? You know what you can walk away with that? It's okay not to know every single little thing. If we don't know who the author of, of the book of Lamentations is, and it's not enough, there's not enough information revealed, that's okay. That's not necessary. It's not for sure, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, uh, 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 it's, there's no necessity for us to admit that we must know who the author of the book of Lamentations is. Now go back, please, to the book of Lamentations. Go back to the book of Lamentations, and this is going to be the second point that I want to end on. <clears throat> I, want, I want you to look at Lamentations chapter number... 5 there, Lamentations chapter number 5. I want you to look at verse number 15. I want to read these last, you know, I want to read 15 and then we read 16 earlier. But these last two verses and we're going to end, I'm going to give you a practical application. Because people, like I said, they shy away from the book of Lamentations. It's not a popular book. It's never referenced. People never preach out of it. Not often do people go verse by verse as we're going to be doing. This is, of course, the introduction, but we're going to be getting into chapter number 1 next week. People don't do that, and it's because it's negative. So what can we learn from all this negativity? It says in verse 5, The joy of our heart is ceased. Our dance is turned into mourning. It's like lamentation. Verse 16, The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us! That we have sinned. So what can we learn from the book of Lamentations? Well, what is, what is the, the, uh, uh, um, the subject of the book of Lamentations? It's mourning or it's lamenting. It's great sadness. It's great sadness. Why? Why is the author lamenting? Why is he so sad? Because of the judgment of God. That's why. Because of the judgment of God. Now, 
we can learn a couple of things from this. You know, God, of course, punished them, and then, you know, uh, you know, there was the horrible atrocities, and there's just great details. I don't want to touch on too much of it. I want to save that for later when we get to the chapters. But it was, it was, a, it was a sore punishment. So number one, we can, we, can, uh, we can understand that God, what we're going to read about is God's punishment upon sin. What we're going to be reading about in the five chapters of the book of Lamentations is how God feels about sin. You know, that's real important. I want that to stick out in your mind. When we're studying the book of Lamentations, I want you to, to understand and know that what we are reading about are the results of sin. The, it's, it's what sin brings about. It's the consequences of sin. You know, I preached a sermon recently, the long-term effects of sin. It's the... And, and, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. There is a lot of graphic details of what took place during this time of the judgment of God and the Babylonian captivity, and it's horrible. It is, it is atrocities is the best way to describe it. It's terrible of what took place. You know what it is? It's, it's how God feels about your sin. So one of the things that we can walk away from here, number one, we can see, you know, this is God's judgment, and we shouldn't shy away and be scared of God's, you know, uh, uh, to preach about that is, God's judgment. And to teach about God's judgment, God's just. So that, you know, that shouldn't be a good enough reason why we don't want to read about it, right? God, I'm, I'm you know, I am uh, um, thankful and grateful that I have a just God that I serve and that He does judge sin. And number two, we can learn from the nation of Israel's disobedience. We can learn from their disobedience and we cannot follow in their footsteps in our personal lives, in our lives, you know, as far as us as a, 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 a church together, a collective group. We can make sure as a church that we don't go down a path like this. We can make sure as in, on an individual level that we ourselves individually don't go down a path of sin. And we can learn from the Israelites in their disobedience and what would happen if we did so. We can learn from this. So I would say the most you know, a profitable thing that we can walk away from the book of Lamentations with when we look at an overview of the book of Lamentations is this is the result of sin. This is the consequence of sin and this is what will happen to you personally if you decide to live a life of sin. That, I believe, is the best lesson that we can learn from the book of Lamentations. Why are all these Lamentations written here? Why is all this mourning and all of this written down? This is, the, this is the result of sin. This is the consequences of sin. This is what will take place. It's, 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 uh, it's not a joke. God's not messing around. God's not playing around. Like I said, he, he took them into captivity. He took them into slavery, into bondage. Every morning, every night, they're waking up and there's someone's servant. They're taken and carried away from their home. Just one day, their house is ransacked. Their city is ransacked. They're put into you know, shackles, literally, like Ezekiel describes it. And they're, they're taken in a line in chains, in, in, in fetters and chains. And they're literal bondmen and bondservants. Their family, some of their family is killed. There's famines going on where people are dying of hunger. People are, are, are losing their minds because they haven't eaten for so long. And literally there are examples during this time period of a woman eating her child because she's so hungry and she's, and she's obviously at this point, she's losing her mind. She's going crazy. 
You know, without food for a long period of time, it can cause you to become delusional. You don't have the nutrition. Your brain obviously operates off of food. That's why I tell you, hey, and breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's because, you know, food helps your brain to operate. You go, you, you lose your mind over time. And, you know, this is, these are some of the horrible things that happen. And there's much, much more. M many more things that took place. You know, we need to make sure that we learn from the book of Lamentations overall. We learn from their mistakes. We learn from, you know, the Israelites' mistakes, and we don't repeat their mistakes. There's a lot of, there are a lot of examples in the Bible, sometimes positive, you know, David, a man after God's own heart, but sometimes negative mistakes, that, you know, negative examples, which are people's mistakes that we can learn from in that we don't repeat them. We read about it, and we don't do it because we see how God feels about it. So why are they lamenting? Why is it the book of Lamentations? It's because of their sin. That's what we can walk away from. Making sure we don't follow in their footsteps because that is the, the, the consequences. The book of Lamentations is a book recording the consequences of sin. So next week we're going to begin Lamentations chapter number one. We're going to go verse by verse through all five of the chapters. So let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, dear Lord God, uh, for the book of Lamentations. Help us to love all of the Bible. Help it to be you know, sweet in our mouth as honey, as the psalmist said. We love you so much. We ask you that you would be with us throughout this week. Help us to love your word, to study it, to learn from it. I ask you that you would bless this Bible study going through the book of Lamentations. That you would help me to properly and adequately uh, exposit and explain uh, the word of God so that the hearer would be blessed and would, would uh, learn something. We love you so much, and just be with us this evening, and keep us safe. And in Jesus Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> amen. All right, uh, one more song.